good things, it, that means we're going to like it. Well, exercise is good for you, you know, and there's a season, at least, that you don't like it. And, and I'm not just talking about, you know, when you first get started, because you get, you, what happens is, is that you get through all that pain, that initial trauma that you've put your body through and your mind through, and you finally build your routine, and, and you're hitting the gym every day. You still fall off into your comfort zone. And in order to continue to grow, what do you got to do? You got to shock that system, right, bro? You know, and you you gotta you gotta do some stuff that that, that is uncomfortable. Why? Because you, you want growth to continue. And a lot of times, God's doing stuff in our lives, and and, and all He's doing is positioning us for growth. It, and He's doing good things. We don't like it, but it's good things. Right. Because when you look back, you know, I, I look back, honestly, I look back, you know, back in the day where, you know, when, uh, you know, we, we thought we were right on track. We, you know, we thought we had it all figured out. We thought we were, you know, we knew what the target what we thought. And, and then, you know, in a matter of just a few moments, poof, everything changes. Ever have one of them moments? And you're thinking, good Lord, you know, and we're blaming the devil on everything. Now I look back and realize well, God was in all of that. You know, he God causes all things to work together for Oh, oh. Now, wait a minute. Just because it's good, don't mean I like it. So, God causes all things to work together for good. Right? So, no matter what you're going through right now, you just got to keep going through it. Why? Well, because He's taking you somewhere. And, you know, and, and you're getting confronted with choices and you're coming to crossroads. And, and what, what do you do? You lean in and you hear God. And you follow him and, and you realize that, hey, if, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be a first chair individual in my relationship with God, you know, if, if uh, you know, because a lot of times we, we get, we get, uh, you know, our paper out and our, you know, and we start planning and we're talking about where we're going and where we're going. That's vital. Obviously, you need to know where you're going. But how do you know that where you're at matters, too? And sometimes we need to look at where we're at. See, because, you know, we. We might not need to be where we're at. We need to grow. We need to shift. We need to change just a little bit. The cool thing is, is that no matter where you are, you're not locked in. You can move. No matter what chair you're sitting in, it doesn't change where God's standing. Right? And God's standing there calling us you know, to him and, and calling us to an to a end that he has for us. And, and you know, in your relationship with God, when, when you're dealing with commitment, you know, we, we want to get in that chair commitment. We don't want to be in the chair compromise. We want to stay as far away as we can from the chair complacency. And, and, you know, in our relationship with God, the commitment, you know, you think about it, it's where that relationship is alive. It's real. It's flourishing. It's exciting. Anybody? Am I describing anybody? Seven of us. Okay. So, uh, you know, our relationship with God is exciting. It's adventuresome. We're, we're passionate. So we're like, we're going to Dairy Queen. You know, well, what, what happens here? Well, uh, I think that sometimes in the chair of compromise, you know, it starts off alive. Starts off real. Somewhere along the journey, we kind of lose that fire. Come on, that, doesn't that, hasn't that happened to almost all of us? You know, and some of us it hasn't happened to because we've never got born again. But there's still hope. Look at your neighbor. There's hope for you. You know, we've enjoyed a few great moments. You know, you go to a man camp, you get all fired up. Or you go to, to celebrate and, you know, women's conference. Or you go to a youth camp. But then, but then, you know, the problem is you have to go home. Right? 
And, you know, in reality, the relationship thing kind of with God kind of gets lackluster. Well, why? Because so many other things going on, so many other issues, so many other uh, circumstances, so many other situations, stuff's pulling us here, pulling us there. We get, we're easily distracted. Huh? We're easy, you know, remember we're supposed to be exercising daily in God, but we're so busy. Schedule gets so full. That, and other things that, that grab our focus, that, that stand up and get our attention. And, and uh, you know, and, uh, you know, complacency just all of a sudden we, we find ourselves sliding into that chair because we're thinking it doesn't really matter because this, this is what matters most. And I think most of us could testify that there are some things that we have really gone after, fought for, we strive for because it matters. And then when we get it, we find out it doesn't matter near as much as we thought it did. And you end up, you, you know, you end up fighting hard for stuff that at the end of the day nobody cares about. Right? And, and, and it's easy to, to, to go 20 years trying to prove you're right about an issue that nobody can remember. Hello? You know, and, and you're still bothered by it. All you got to do, you just have a, see a picture of something that reminds you of that moment and, and you get buzzed up like a cat. No, nobody else even knows what you're talking about. Hello? Well, how did that happen? Well, it's just slide. And we, we've just got to stay on top of this thing and realize that, you know what, so, sometimes uh, we move away from stuff that's uncomfortable because we don't think it's good. But some of the best stuff for us makes us the most uncomfortable we've ever been. You know, uh, we got it on the wall. God has a plan for your life. To prosper you, not harm you. Give you hope in the future. Why do you think God has to tell you that? Because when you're walking his plan, sometimes it don't feel like it's good. You know, you don't believe me. You know, ask, ask Joseph. who was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused, you know, beat up from the street up. We're talking, and and this, this, this guy's got an attitude that carries him all the way through that stuff. You know, and you and I, you know, well, I'll just talk about me because yeah, I know how touchy you guys are. But, you know, me, somebody says something I don't like or they, they do something. And, and, I, and I, you know, and I've got the spirit of retaliation flowing through me. It's like my gift. And I can just retaliate. And, you know, and I just think, you know what, wait a minute. I've got to be reminded that God's plan is for my good. Right. It, it, one, one translation of your Bible says that, that, uh, that God has a plan, a preferred end. A preferred end. How many know that the, the end that God has de- declared over you at the beginning, that would be a preferred end? That, that, well, if you're on track with a preferred end that's ordained of God, you ought not be too surprised when opposition pops up. God's pulling you to a preferred end, and hell's trying to pull you away from it. Hello? And how does, he, how, how does hell accomplish this? By getting us to focus on the stuff that really matters for a minute. Because the preferred end is going to matter for eternity, right? Jeremiah 1.5, remember he said, before I formed you, I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. And I ordained you. I, I sanctified you and I ordained you. And man, that verse just speaks volumes to me. That Before I shaped you, I... I knew where you were going to be, what you're going to be doing, who you're going to be with. 
you know, it literally means that God had a vision or a dream and you were in it. And he started shaping you to fit that dream. See, when you talk about living the dream, it's not your dream, it's his dream. I mean, I'll tell you, that, that's, that's golden right there. That, 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 you know, that's, a, that's the God life. That's the crazy thing is that, that you would somehow, uh, you know, have this collision with destiny. That you would be at the place that God's created you to be. That you would be with who God's created you to be with. That you'd be doing what God's created you to be doing. That you'd accomplish the very thing that he had formed you, shaped you to accomplish. Daniel 11.32 says the people that know their God, they're strong and they do Great exploits. Those, those words are added to help you understand it. In the original text, it said that people that know their God, they are strong and they do. And that word do means to fulfill, accomplish, complete, to actually reach the end, to, to, to fulfill the preferred end. Well, God's got this preferred end and he's pulling you to it. And I'm telling you, it's good. God's plan for your life is good. Right? And hell's going to try to keep you out of that preferred end. It's going to do everything it can to get you to compromise the end so that you don't get the end that God declared at the beginning. He's going to do everything he can. The enemy's going to do everything he can to get you to be complacent about it so that you don't see it. If you could have a vision of the dream that God had about you, you'd get a little more fired up and passionate in your pursuit of going after God. So the enemy does everything he can to get you fired up about something else. And he does it to all of us. And we get fired up. You know, come on, church. Church is a great example because we get fired up about all kinds of stuff that really at the end of the day is not bottom line with God. What about in your house? You know, you and the wife fighting. You can't even remember about what. You say something to one of the kids. It could be anything. And they're upset. Stuff that doesn't matter. Why does the enemy use that tactic? Because we're so gullible. You know, you and me both. And we're going to start moving into our gift of retaliation. And we're going to get each other back. And we're so busy getting each other back that we ain't getting to where God wants us. Hello, somebody. We've got a preferred end. Look, look at this in Joshua 24. I just want to revisit this for a minute. Joshua 24. Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. He said, fear the Lord. Joshua's talking to the guys and he said, and he's not talking about be afraid of God. No, he's talking about have this respect for God that, 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 that you would just rather than, than miss uh, his end, you know, rather than, uh, you know, disappoint God. Well, let's talk about that for just a second. Yeah, every once in a while I'll say something and I can just feel it in my spirit. Oh, boom, there it is. Disappoint God. How do we disappoint God? Well, disappoint is two words put together to make one word. Dis is the prefix. Dis, that means to push down or press out of. And a point is, is an appointment. It is where authority is at. It's where power is at. It's where anointing is at. And so what the enemy wants to do is disappoint you, disappoint you know, it, you know, get you out of your appointment, right? So how do you disappoint God? Well, God, there's so, there's so many times that God is not in his appointment in our life. We have to allow him to rule. And if, he, if he's not directing your steps, guess what? He has been disappointed. He has been pushed out of his appointment by some other authority that you've pulled in. 
So you're going through life disappointing God. Now, he's not sitting in the corner pouting. You know, this is, this is the one place where we are not God-like or God's not like us because you and I, we get disappointed and, and, and we get all messed up and, and, and we start, you know, emotion comes in and we start, you know, well, God just is so riveted to the end that he's not, it's just not moving him. You know, uh, Paul wrote one time, he said, you know, hey, the Spirit's taking me someplace and it's telling me I'm going to get beat up from the street up when I get there. But none of these things move me. Why? Well, because he had had a picture of the end that God had to, declared at the beginning and he said basically what he was saying saying is that i don't care what kind of hell we got to go through i'm going and and, and he had that you know but you and i come on let's get real there are moments that we start going through the stuff we don't like and we just quit going Hmm? you know we'll end all kinds of stuff we'll we'll you know it's like a dinner party nope canceled it i'm out you know, and, and, and you're talking about marriage, and you're talking about businesses, and you're talking about church life, and you're talking about, you know, your exercise routine. Nope, don't feel like it today. Well, why? Because we are so easily moved. Hello, somebody. You know, so, so what he's saying here is, guys, let's not be disappointing God. Let's not take God. Let, let, let's have such a... a a respect for him that we wouldn't do anything that would push him out of his appointment in our life, that he would have rule and authority and serve him wholeheartedly. You know, I used to think that uh, if somebody was broken hearted, uh, you know, I pictured if, if an individual is broken hearted, I picture sitting in a corner crying or something. Dude's broken hearted. No, broken hearted means that your heart is going in two different directions. He's brokenhearted. Well, you know what's cool about the anointing is that he, he, he's here to heal the brokenhearted. You know, that, that's what, isn't that what happens in our relationships or in our financial plan or in our, in our exercise plan? Or, or we, we, we become divided. We become compromised. And God says, you know what? Uh, come to me and, and I'll heal the brokenhearted. He said, don't, let's not serve him half-heartedly. Let, let's, let's go after this thing wholeheartedly and put away the idols that your ancestors worshipped. And, and, you know, don't, don't picture them sitting down in front of a rock and staring at it and humming. You know, it's, it's, it, it, the, the idols or any other thing that had a voice in, in their life. And, guys, we got to deal with this because we've been, you know, raised. We grew up in different environments and different belief systems and different thought processes that aren't always in alignment with the Word of God. I, you know, we grew up in church. I don't know. Maybe you grew up in a tavern. You, you, and you probably got a cleaner belief system than the folk who grew up in church. Because there's some pretty freaky stuff in church. And not necessarily evil, just not Bible. Huh? You know, it's just, you know, denominational dislikes. And, and, and uh, think, you know, and it's okay. You know, here's the deal. You, I, there ain't nothing evil. You know, I grew up in a, in a denomination where uh, the, the women had to wear long dresses. And they couldn't wear jewelry. And there was no makeup. In other words, just a bunch of ugly people in church. And, and uh, well, you know, put a fresh coat of paint on an old barn. It looks a lot better. So, you know, just whatever. Um, and, 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 you know, we're up in that atmosphere, in that environment, and it's not necessarily evil, but that ain't Bible stuff. That's just personal thing, right? And, and, and you know, we're traveling around and, and preaching and doing music at these places. And I remember one time I got us kicked out of a church that we were ministering in because I went into a bowling alley. 
I don't get it. It doesn't make any difference. We still got booted because I was in the bowling alley. <laughs> well, it's not Bible. You can't find thou shalt not bowl. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of stuff. And that's what he's talking about. Man, there's some stuff that your family built their life on that you're going to have to move away from. And there's stuff. Uh, you know, look, look at the next verse. Look, look at the next verse. He said, if, if, you don't re- if you refuse to serve the Lord, uh, if you prefer the gods that your ancestors served or the gods in, in uh, the people in whose land you are, there's some stuff in this generation, that, in this culture that we're in. It ain't Bible. And you might say, well, I don't see what's wrong with it. And I would say, frankly, Scarlett, it doesn't matter what you think. It's what God thinks. And Joshua made the statement, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And we're going after, you, you know, uh, you do realize that not, every, uh, not everything that's going on, like I said, that, that is God's going to use for good, not everything is enjoyable, but it's God's plan. But what God's doing in your life might not, be an exact duplicate of what God's doing in the guy's life next to you. And if you're serving God, you're not listening to the guy next to you. You're listening to God. Right? And when you're listening to God, one of the things I've found is that when I'm listening to God and when I, when I tap in and hear God, uh, that's when I start realizing how many other voices are vying for my attention. You know, in worship, my favorite song, The More I Seek You. The more I find you, and the more I find you, the more I love you. And, and you know what? I don't know. There's just, some, there's just some truth in that song, some revelation that it just, man, I know it's old, but I'm just going to keep singing it for a while. I've been singing it a long time. I'm going to sing a long, long, longer time because it does something to me, you know. But I find that the more, the more I'm hearing God, the more other voices start trying to scream louder. And, uh, and, you know, and you've got to hear God and you've got to, to allow him to talk to you about the end that he has preferred for you. So that all these other voices, because a lot of them other voices aren't necessarily demon-possessed. They're just not taking you to that end. Right? So you've got to serve the Lord. Here, look at Proverbs 3. And I want to read it from the, from the message. If we have time, I'll read it for a couple more, but we might not. But just from the message, you can do that later. But look at this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. How many of you know that that sounds easier than it is? You know, you just trust God from the bottom of your Just trust God. I, I love uh, uh, Acts 16.31 in the message. It said, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live the life you were meant to and your whole house too. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Man, I tell you what, that's a great promise, but that is hard to get done. Because what happens, is, you know, what happens in life is that it's almost like musical chairs. You know, all of these different voices start talking, and it starts moving us. You know, the music starts, and we start, we start moving around in these chairs. You know, I probably should have brought three chairs up here, and we could have had some great illustration. I could just be jumping all over the floor, but, uh, but, and, and, you know, sitting in the chair and going back and forth, but really, I just don't have that much energy right now. Because I feel like in my life and in, in your lives that, that we're dealing with this constantly. 
that we're trying to be committed, but these other voices, hey, come sit over here. This is the, see, the problem is, is that you take these chairs and, and picture the chairs, you know, and they each have a, have a uh, what do you call that? If you monogram it, right? Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, put that initial on there, and it's embroidered on there. It's all puffy and beautiful, and it's a C because it's for commitment. Well, wait, wait a minute. It's also C for compromise. It's also a C for complacent. And I think what the devil does, he comes in and moves the chairs around. And you're looking for your C chair. And you find out that you thought you were committed, but really you were conflicted. But, but it's got a C on it. And, th- and that's kind of how global we are. It's j- just a little change, a little movement, and we can't find our chair. I'm trusting God from the bottom of my heart. Really? It, something happens on, at, at the job. The boss doesn't do what you want him to. Or your employees let you down. Or your kids, the, the lines aren't straight when they mow. That's an issue for me. Uh, you know, some of us are hard to please. Some of us, I won't mention, na- I, will, I will not mention names. But I, I've gone to breakfast with a guy who ordered two eggs, one scrambled, one fried, and he got upset. Why are you upset? They've scrambled the wrong egg. And, and, you know, some of us are hard to please, man. Okay? Just... Hello. We're easily, we're easily moved. We're easily, we easily ship. Well, wait a minute. You've got to trust God from the bottom of your heart. And don't try to figure out everything on your own. See, you, you think you've got this all out. I know what's going on here. I know how to handle this. And he says right here in the Word, don't, don't try to, don't, lean not to your own understanding, remember? Don't lean into what you think. No, lean into what God's saying. You know, because, why? Because you and I, we are so fallible. Let me just tell you something about me. I'm fallible. I'm, I'm, I, think I've, I think I've been fairly transparent on this point. I'm going to mess some stuff up. But I'm focused on the end that God's declared at the beginning. Okay? Uh, you can't try to figure out everything on your own. Look at the next verse. Listen for God's voice. In everything you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Listen for God's voice. If you want an action point for this weekend, something to go out of here, carry out of here. Okay, what do we do? Listen for God's voice. Everything you do, everywhere you go. Okay? Everything you do, everywhere you go, listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice. He'll keep you on track. Look at verse 7. Don't assume that you know it all. Well, we really understand. Don't assume that you know everything. Well, uh, this is what we heard. Don't assume you've heard everything. You know, don't assume that don't assume that you know what your wife is thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking truth now. I, I, I got some men go, that's right, that's right. Amen. That's the biggest amen I got out of a lot of you guys. Don't assume that you know it all. You know, this, I think we make a mistake here big time. 
very often. Because we're making decisions and we're making changes and we're, you know, all this stuff. And, and we act like we know it all. Jeremiah 33.3, he said, call unto me and I'll answer you. Show you great and mighty things which you know not. One translation says that he'll show you things, fence in things, hidden things, secret things. It, it says that you can call God, he'll answer, and he'll tell you stuff you couldn't possibly know. How many of you know that God knows some stuff you couldn't possibly know? Well, why don't we call him? Because we assume we know it all already. We're gullible. I mean, you sit down in this setting. We sit in this setting. We sit and say, okay, do we know everything? No. But we get out in the parking lot and we suddenly forget how uninformed we are. One writer in your book, he said, you are God in heaven. Here I am on earth, so let my words be few. What, what was that? He said, you are God in heaven. You have big per- picture perspective. I'm here on earth. I haven't a clue. So I'll keep my mouth shut. Let's go on your word. And that's, that's what we need to do. We need to quit assuming that we know it all and run to God. Huh? Not only, not only is this good for you and your life, this is good for, for a house, for your house, for God's house. That, matter of fact, back up. Let's start over right there. Um, it, and let's apply it to the house. Let's trust God from the bottom of our hearts. If you put your entire trust in the master, think of it this way. If you take your entire paycheck and put it at, what, what bank do you use? Giza. Okay? You take your entire check and put it at Giza. Well, you don't have anything left to run over to Bank of America and put in your savings account. Why? Because you put the entire thing at Giza. We're having a hard time trusting. Well, you, you put your trust, your entire trust in God. Hello? Come on. Let's put our trust in God. Let's not try as a body to figure everything out. Look. We're going to listen to God's voice in everything we do and everywhere we go. He's the one who will keep us on track. Let's not assume that we know it all. Let's run to God and run from evil. And look what he's going to do. Your body will glow with health. Your bones will vibrate with life. Look at your neighbor and go, man, you're looking good. Huh? You got the vibrating with light thing going on. Come on, this is what God wants for you. And He's taking you to a preferred end. And don't be shocked that opposition comes. Of course it's coming. You know what? When Shelby and I got married, it'll be 29 years this, this, this summer. And yeah, you better celebrate. She's a lucky woman. But, you know, my, here's another line from my father. My, my dad used to say that, that his wife, my mother, was the only one who had to go home with her problems. <laughs> Get it? Okay. Uh, just pray for it. Okay. We were, we were, we were uh, pretty much aware that we would never agree on everything. Weren't you? Well, then why are you so surprised when you don't agree? You knew it before you got. I've never been in premarital counseling with, with a couple and said, uh, you're not going to agree, and had them say, what? 
they all know it. Right? It's not deep revelation. They all go, that's right. We understand. And then seven months later, they come back in. Why? We have a disagreement. Well, you knew before you connected, you were going to have disagreements. So don't be all freaked out because people disagree. So what? You got to listen for God's voice. He's the one who will keep you on track. He's the one who will cause the body to glow with health and to vibrate with life. So let's do that. You, got, you, you have a preferred end that God's pulling you to. Don't let anything keep you from that. Don't let some other voice talk you out of that. You got victory in Jesus. Go after that. So you got, you got victory in Jesus. Refuse to be separated from that. Amen? Close your book. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you.